Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Thursday edition of the program for Extreme Hockey. Brennan McGuire and Ryan McNally with you. Still ahead on this edition of the program, we've got some Montana's Briar tickets to give away. And the Nick Service and Emerald Park Clutch Performer. You won't want to miss that. And in this segment of the program, we visit with our good pal Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Gawley at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. So we're going to talk about the Blue Jays and CFL free agency in this part of the program. We've had Arash on earlier this week and discussed the turning point that seems to be where the Toronto Blue Jays are at. For the longest time, we kept hearing how they had such a wide window and a great opportunity to not just compete for one championship, but maybe multiple championships. It seemed like there was a plethora of riches for young talent that wouldn't cost the Blue Jays a whole bunch of money and they could sprinkle in free agents, which is what they've done, but they didn't win the Otani sweepstakes. And now we're at a point where people feel like they need to put up or shut up. And I know there are a lot of fans across the country who feel the same way with the way they've disappointed in the postseason the last two years. It's been a long haul since the end of the 2021 season when they were a game short of getting into the playoffs. And Buck Martinez said, without question, the pandemic cost the Blue Jays the division title. And in the two years since then, they just have not been able to quite meet those expectations. We go out on the Western Pizza Hotline and are now joined by Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. So Arash, riddle me this. The exhibition season starts this weekend and Bo Bichette... Crazy, isn't it? It's well, crazy that they're already starting. You know what? It's kind of felt like spring in Regina for a while, sort of, early spring. We've had a crazy El Nino winter. We haven't had one like this since 98. So the weather's been unseasonably warm, but you're right. We're in February, and it's crazy that we're talking about baseball games, but not a moment too soon in my world. But we wanted to talk about the quote that Bo Bichette made, that this is the mm. first time they're being doubted. And he said, quote, it's definitely a different mindset trying to prove people right than trying to prove people wrong. What do you make of that? Well, the honeymoon period is definitely over. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest takeaway from that. And, you know, you talked about 2021 and that lunge they made in an attempt to make the playoffs. But look, as, as positive as 20 and 21 were and a kind of a leap forward 22 last year was a significant step backwards and Bo you know in his media availability yesterday also talked about we weren't very good last year and th- and that's the honest truth especially offensively so yeah I mean I think that even amongst themselves if you were to provide some truth serum to these Blue Jays 
they wonder a little bit. Yeah, the talent's there. There's no question. But, you know, a friend of mine last year said, well, what happened in the playoffs? And I said, well, when you don't really hit for 162 games, why did you think 163 and 164 would be different? And so now is the season where the Blue Jays have to prove it, whereas, our, as Bo would say, um, there's some doubt about whether or not they can do it. Well, I mean, you bring up the playoffs, and Jose Barrios had an interesting take about just how hard losing to the Twins last year in the postseason was, and it took him a little while this winter to scrape himself back up off the mat. Do you feel like there's a bit of a hangover effect from how disappointing that season was at the ending? No, I I wouldn't say that, Brendan. Here's what I would say is that it's not just that they lost. It's how they lost. With Barrios cooking, probably his best start of the entire year, but because the analytics folks and the staff had made a plan before the game even started, they forgot the eye test. They forgot to use the most important thing, which is what's happening out there on the field and gauge your decisions there. I think that the, the I don't know, the takeaway, the, the effect of what happened in that Minnesota game last year is that you cannot, these games are not preordained. You know, you come in with a game plan and a strategy and, you know, plan B's and plan C's. But I think the biggest takeaway is, look, if our guy is cooking with gas right now, leave him alone. We can get to the bullpen at another point. And I just wonder, Brendan, if the biggest takeaway from what happened in that twin series, especially in game two, is if the Blue Jays have learned their lesson, that all the answers in a best of three, best of five, even a best of seven. All those answers don't lie in the spreadsheets. They may over 162, but not in a win-or-go-home situation. I think we have our doubts as to whether the front office and the approach of the Blue Jays has had the right approach in these playoff situations, similar to what happened the COVID year in 2020 when Blake Snell was lifted um, when his starting pitcher was... uh, was was cooking or the sorry he was cooking and the Rays made the change. And I think it's cooking. changed a little bit across the game when the postseason rolls around. I don't think it does at all in the regular season. I think you stick to kind of you know over one sixty two, over the sample size, over the number of innings. But I just I don't know about you. I just get the sense in October the manager has a little more say and sway now. Not as much as they did in the old days, but. There's a little bit more here because of how the Snell, Barrios, etc. has all unfolded. I say keep it going. I, I'd rather see the managers have more and more pull because I think they, they're more the baseball people at, at their bones than the people up in management, but that's here nor there. Um, I know we haven't seen any games yet, but let's get into predictions, not on how the Blue Jays do up uh, in the standings, but on a couple of players and how they do in 2024, maybe Bichette, Vladdy, or some of the others. Well, let's get into one first real quick, um, only because he's going to start Saturday, and he probably won't break um, spring with the big club, but Ricky Tiedemann's a name to watch. He's one of their top pitching prospects, 
And he's been somebody who's been on the radar for a while. He's had an injury in the minor leagues. He's finally come back. He's healthy. Brendan, he's the quote-unquote next one. So that that's just a name to keep um, your eye and ear on. And I know everyone's talking like on this roster about Bone Vlad, and understandably so. But I'm going to give you two names kind of off the radar a little bit, which is crazy to think this name is off the radar. But one is George Springer. George Springer came in as a free agent signing, $150 million, won a championship with the cheating Astros, was the one who was supposed to kind of put this team over the hump. And now he's like the fifth or sixth option that people look at on this team. Can George Springer bring something? That's one. The other is the health of the catchers. Danny Jansen has been very solid when healthy. Issue is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Alejandro Kirk has felt like a ticking time bomb. They need health from the catching position if they're going to do anything this season. So if they get production from Springer and they get good health and good production from their catchers, I really think, Brendan, that is, that that's two major, major issues that this team has had to endure over the last couple of seasons. It hasn't got the production that it's really needed from them. Um, that would be a huge step in the right direction for the Jays. Arash, wanted to ask about the free agents that are still kind of just hanging out as uh, teams begin their spring training games. Uh, the Dodgers and Padres played today, but uh, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, you know, you got names like Montgomery still out there. You got names like Chapman still out there. Uh, is that just kind of the way baseball's going now? Is just as young and cheap as you can get them, you'll, you'll play them? Or like what, what's going on with these free agents here? Why, why don't we just use the C word here, guys? I mean, the collusion is happening. It's it's very obvious. I thought Justin Turner nailed it the other day. You know, a vet who's been with the Dodgers and the Red Sox, he just said it's a black eye on our game. And it really is. They, these are owners getting together saying, we're not going to pay some of these guys and let's make them panic. And the other part of this, and this is really important to remember, is that we're a couple of years away from another dreaded CBA situation in baseball and you better believe that the owners that the commissioner rob manfred is going to push for a deadline for free agent signings and when you put that kind of deadline in place all that's going to do is put the pressure on the players and reduce salaries the fact that cody bellinger blake snell are not signed this far in the game when you're talking about montgomery and chapman this is, I mean, as evident, as as obvious, as glaring, whatever word you want to use for it, as possible, that there is absolute salary suppression happening in Major League Baseball right now, which is exactly what the owners want, and they want these players to blink and to panic. The one thing is, most of these clients, most of these players are Scott Boris clients. And you best believe super agent's not going to let that happen.
I feel like that's a lot of the rhetoric that happened in the late 1980s when there was like really serious collusion happening when Andre Dawson went and gave the Chicago Cubs a, bl a blank contract and eventually the Players Association won a huge settlement which led to the expansion fees from the Florida Marlins and the Colorado Rockies. So, uh, you know, I'm not hoping for that to happen again. But hey, if it means they need expansion fees to pay a lawsuit and bring back the Expos, I'm all for it. Uh, it seems like free agency has pretty well. Which, run. by the way, Brandon. Yeah. By the way, Brandon, not happening. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. It's just not. That's, that's why I tried cu cutting you off, but. Um. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I listen, man. I'm with you. I was the guy who went to school at Bishop's University in the eastern townships of Quebec. Would jump on a bus to go to Montreal, pay six bucks for a ticket, just to watch Vlad Senior play. Um, I was an Expos fan. Their best shot at making that happen was with that whole Rays, Tampa Rays arrangement a few years ago. When that blew up, I think the Brofmans just said enough. And when you don't have an owner, forget the ballpark, forget the city, forget all the other things. But if you don't have a billionaire saying, yeah, I'm behind this, it's just not going to happen. They have to talk one of the existing billionaires to just move what they have to Montreal if it ever happens. And it's unlikely to happen anytime soon, but it's probably relocation, not expansion. And that's even a pie-in-the-sky proposition at this point, I think. Uh, it seems like CFL free agency is pretty well wrapped up. But there's a very quiet loophole this year that you say has led to some discontent among some of the teams around the league. What's that all about? Well, people just don't know what's going on. Um, here's what's happened. When Chad Kelly re-upped with the Toronto Argonauts, this is what I've been told, is that about $100,000 of that contract is being paid not off the cap, but through a new <clears throat> appearances budget that the commissioner has unilaterally kind of approved. And so... Kelly is making whatever it is, around 600 but a hundred of that comes from this appearance thing, which is not really governed, and there's no real max given on how much you can spend on the appearance thing. And so it's turned into the Wild West where the, the teams that are the have and the have-nots can kind of separate themselves, which makes you wonder, why even have a salary cap to begin with? And you know what the league rhetoric is going to be when this actually gets out and gets public is that, no, no, we want our community. That's really important. It's a priority of this league. Fine. Outline your policy for everybody and tell us how it all works and what the limits are and what's the max for each person and for each team, et cetera, et cetera. And from the people I've talked to who work for teams, it's unknown right now. So, because it probably doesn't exist. So you're, say, you're saying that there's no real max that's been set. So who's allowing it? Is it just the commissioner saying, here, Toronto Argonauts, go ahead and do this? Well, it's anybody go ahead and do this. So, you know, if that's the case, why do you have a salary cap in place? So, look, if Hamilton, for instance, wants to keep Bo Levi Mitchell around, keep Tim White around, and you want to have different ways of being creative with how you spend, here's one way of doing it. Just yeah. speculating. 
Yeah, it's kind of a danged if you do, danged if you don't. So many people are uh, want, complaining about the operations cap for the coaches, which I, for one, actually support. Um, but yeah, either you want cost control or you don't. And if you're just picking and choosing who can do what and when, um, and you're not really setting a limit on it, then it, it doesn't really make sense. Um, is there a coach or GM around the league right now who you feel like is maybe on the hot seat that you get the sense of how they approach the free agency made sense with their moves? Well, it's, it's hard to kind of put someone fully on the hot seat in February. Um, but I tell you what, I think the people in Ottawa, I mean, it's got to be put up or shut up for them. And it's, 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 it's a bad situation because here you have the GM on an expiring deal. The head coach has an extra year on his deal. Everyone's trying to save their job. So they go out and make the Drew Brown thing, you know, and nobody really knows if Drew Brown is, say, better than Dustin Crump. Nobody really knows because there isn't that much data, that much film, that much evidence out there. You know, I think Montreal's in a pretty good spot. I think Toronto's in a pretty good spot. Hamilton just made their change. Saskatchewan just made their change. Winnipeg's decent. But I think that, you know, obviously Edmonton, there's a lot of eyes there. There should be some eyes on what's happening in Calgary because they haven't been good for a while now. But to me, Ottawa's the the, the main one to keep an eye on because until the Edmonton leadership slash ownership situation doesn't get sorted, um, it's hard to think that they're just going to punt on Chris Jones and all the money that he's owed there. Yeah, I, I, I think about that Ottawa situation with Drew Brown, and he reminds me kind of of James Franklin. A lot of us thought that he was going to be the next one, and he went to the Argos, and that never panned out. So, I read something on CFL.ca that James Franklin was going to be the next Kyle Lowry and the next uh, Josh Donaldson and the next Sebastian Jovinko in Toronto. <laughs> Even if he was a star, he would not be a Kyle Lowry as a CFL player, at least to the Toronto fan base. But hey, I can't make fun of those posters. I wrote a piece about how the Riders should trade for James Franklin, and that looks dumb now, too. So always good to right. talk to you, Arash. Go enjoy the rest of your Thursday, my man. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. And that is... Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Time to break. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.